Good evening. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today reading Acts 27 in the NLT. But first and always we pray. Do Lord, help us to have a calm spirit. Help us to have a spirit of peace and joy in a world of contentiousness of people, um, you know, headbutting and 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 um, pugnaciousness and aggression and um, rudeness. Uh, help us to be calm, gentle, peaceable, refined, having nobility, dignity. Refine us, Lord, uh, because the world is coarsening. And as human nature coarsens without the Holy Spirit, help us to have your spirit that we may be uh, keeping our eyes set fully on the road ahead and on the heavens above where you dwell. I pray in the name of Christ our King. Amen. Hope everybody had a nice Sunday. Church was awesome. My pastor preached about Ruth 3. And when I read Ruth 3, when he's reading through it, I just I see so many things that we've been talking about clinging to God, about Redeemer, about uh, you know Ruth um, having expectations and yet sort of uh, being kind. You know we we're supposed to have a trusting relationship with God. We're sort of the the bride in a way, you know, and uh, God is the Redeemer. God is like Boaz, and. God is making, encouraging us to make good choices and encouraging us to flourish under being in a relationship with him. And I want to do that. I want to trust God and trust in Jesus and in that way um, be the kind of person I always imagined myself to be. Nobody's life works out the way they want, but it works out better because God uses your life to, to fit you to be ready for the kingdom of heaven, eternity, and an eternal existence with him in a very real and concrete body that shall never diminish. I have friends, I talk to them, and they know the scriptures, but they don't want these things. You know, they they don't want to hear about the second coming. I mean, they'll say things like, well, I'm not going. It's like, okay, that's your choice. You've been told, and I don't know, what's, what's with the defiance? What's with the anger? What's with the pushback? You know, I feel like I'm Noah sometimes, honestly. I'm not really that smart, but I read the Bible. I feel like I'm trying to tell people something. You know, I, I mean, I don't push anything on anybody. I'm very respectful. I want respect and I give respect 10 times more than I get back. And I tell people things like these guys. And I'm at the ark and I'm saying, come in, come in. Trust, trust in God. Give yourself over to God. Let go of yourself. Let go of your ego and your pride. They refuse. They refuse to do it. They know the truth, but they're still standing down at the gangplank. They refuse to come into the ark. It, it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. Insanity, the fool has said in his heart there's no God. There are people who say that there is a God and you, they won't change. They just refuse. They won't change for the sake of, they just refuse. When all the evidence is mounting and stares them in the face, they'll just say, I don't want it. I can't understand. Let's read. Paul sails for Rome. When the time came, we set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain of the Imperial Regiment. Aristocarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was also with us. We left on a ship whose home port was Adrium Mantium on the northwest coast of the province of Asia. It was scheduled to make several stops at ports along the coast of the province. 
So Paul is going everywhere. I mean, he's like Jesus. You know, Jesus was walking around um, in Israel. He said, I've been sent to the lost house of Israel, even though he's a Messiah for all the nations. And now Paul, who is a human being and who is a Christian, is now, you know, going to all the nations. He's on all these trips and he's been kept in house arrest. You know, they didn't, the, the leaders didn't want to release him because that would irritate the Jewish leaders, but they didn't want to send him because he still has Roman citizenship, but he appealed to Caesar. Verse three, the next day when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go a short visit with friends so they could provide for his needs. Putting out to sea from there, we encountered strong headwinds that made it difficult to keep the ship on course. So we sailed north of Cyprus between the island and the mainland. Keeping to the ocean sea, we passed along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, landing at Myra in the province of Lycia. There, are the commanding, there the commanding officer found an Egyptian ship from Alexandria that was bound for Italy, and he put us on board. We had several days of slow sailing, and after great difficulty, we finally neared Snindus. But the wind was against us, so we sailed across the Crete and along the shepherd coast of the island, past the Cape of Salmon. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens near the town of Lycia. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall, and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Uh, my uncle is dying of a, of a cancer in the brain. Uh, he has about two years left. So the family wants to go on a cruise, so they've booked a cruise with the one of these Princess Caribbean lines. And uh, I've booked with my dad, so we're going to stay in the ship. And I don't really want to go on a cruise, be honest. I remember going on a cruise with my parents. I went with three cruises with my parents. It was awesome. It was like before I got married, so it was like the 2000s. And I just remember one night, I mean, it was great. The food was great. The the ships, uh, the, the people serving were absolutely fantastic. They worked like 18 hours. They worked very hard. And I just remember coming out of the ship one night, the sea breeze was in my face. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was warm. It was beautiful. So comfortable. And looking at that sea, that dark sea, and another boat was coming along, another cruise. And it was just two lights in the darkness. It was like an alien world. And I guess I'm older, more frail, uh, more nervous. I, I, I mean, I'm a Christian now. So in some way I have changed. You know, I really wasn't knowing God. I mean, I knew about God. And I did try to pray in my life, but to know to know him now. And yet I'm more afraid to go on a, a cruise. About, after reading this and just in my life, like it was just crazy. I just told my dad, like, maybe the Kraken is going to come from the sea and like engulf our ship. Or it's going to be like a giant squid. Or you ever see the War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise? Oh, I love that dude. Um, and that was like the whole thing, overturn a ship. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I don't want to do it. And, he, and my brother said I worried too much. And then, then he laughed. But um, it's just not, I'm happy in my nice little home, in my nice little rented one bedroom place. This is my sanctuary. This is my haven from this crazy world that we all find ourselves in. This is my haven, this small one horse, one road town, um, a town between two other big towns. I don't, I don't want to go. But for the sake of my uncle, I'm praying for my uncle, I'm praying for healing. I would love to hear that that thing has gone away from his head, but uh, he started to have brain bleeds and then they found some alien tissue in his brain. So he has an aggressive form of cancer. So I don't know, I hope that he lives. I asked my cousin, but they've all booked a cruise. They all seem just ready to go on a cruise. And I'm scared out of my mind. Oh, well, pray for me. Verse 10, many said, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. 
shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. See, boats are not any good. Don't go on a boat. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listed more, listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. And since Fairhaven's was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only southwest and northwest exposure. The storm at sea. I think, I think our lives are at sea. Doesn't it say in Revelation 17, the sea and the waves boiling? It represents people, all kinds of people from the whole world. Just everybody fighting, contending, and butting heads, and contentiousness, and Babylon, and the Tower of Babel, and Egypt, and man, the, the sea and the waves boiling, right? That's how this world is. It's just boiling. It's boiling with aggression. It's boiling with contempt. It's boiling with a lack of peace. But don't, don't you just not want this? Don't you want to just have a beautiful sunset with this peace and this calm? Everybody wants that, but God is the only one that can provide it. As Mark Crisco said, if you're not working, walking with the, the, um, the Holy Spirit, then you're walking with an unholy spirit. And unholy demonic spirits don't have peace. They don't have joy. Um, you, can't, you can't be married long term. You can't have forgiveness. You can't have a long term marriage where people's hearts stay love, uh, soft and loving. Right, everything is a, everything is cynical. Everything is like a, um, you know, non-transparent. Um, I don't want that. I want what Jesus is offering, because it's the most valuable thing of all. But you can't get it by yourself. We sailed along the sheltered um, island named Kata, and we were in great difficulty. We hoisted aboard the lifeboat, being towed behind us. Okay, sorry, the storm at sea, I've actually gone too high. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the south sheltered side of a small island named Kata, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors used bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Sritis off the African coast, so they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale, war, gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. This sounds like um, when Jonah was in the ship and they were throwing stuff overboard. Sounds kind of the same thing. And of course, we have Paul, who's a spiritual leader. He's a spiritual Jonah, right? The, because Jonah obviously could preach. That's why God wanted him. And he said, nope, go the other way. <laughs> well, that didn't, uh, God caught up to him. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until, all, until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night an angel of the Lord God, to whom I belong and whom I stood, serve, stood beside me, and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. So you know what? Um, it does seem that um, the, the, the course of life does blot out the sun, does blot out uh, the Jesus, and does blot out other believers. Sometimes we feel that there's no hope, right? I feel like this is almost like a spiritual story for me. Personally, I see myself in this from a spiritual perspective. You, you feel like there's no hope for you. 
the connection between you and other people are being blotted out. Don't you believe it? That's what the devil is trying to do. And then I think Paul is kind of almost like our Holy Spirit saying, hey, you know what? Listen to me. Make good choices. You're going to come through this. Jesus says in Revelation, endure. You're going to come through this because you're with me. Right? Jesus made it better. Jesus makes it calm. And even if he won't calm the people around you and the world around you, you will be calm. You have hope. You know where you are going. Your destiny is eternal life. You have to trust and believe. So many people, like my friends, just don't want to trust. They don't want to believe. They know the scriptures, and yet the Holy Spirit is not with them, the spirit of connect. They have an unholy spirit of skepticism and cynicism, and we don't believe, and God is not for us, and why does God do this, and why does God do that? Yet they have read the scriptures from their youth, and I'm no smarter than they are. Why won't they believe? Why won't people listen? Paul says, take courage. None of you will lose your lives. This life is transitory. It's but for a time. When life's end is done, what will, what will be the reward? Will you serve Christ or will you serve yourself? I'm talking to myself here. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. I'm talking to the me of me's. I'm just talking out loud into a phone, podcasting it for whoever wants to hear. Somebody wants to hear this beside me. I know, I know somebody does. I know there's somebody out there who wants to hear, who needs to hear. They're not getting strength from me. I'm just the voice reading out the words. They're getting strength from the Holy Spirit right now because Jesus is sitting right next to you. The, the angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Who do you belong to and who do you serve? Do you serve you? Do you belong to you? Or do you belong to God? God's got his arm on your shoulder. You cannot go wrong. Would to God that I could get people out of that church that I was born into. I had a wonderful life, but it was time to go. It was time to graduate. They just won't let go of that dead person. They just won't. My ex wouldn't. I don't know about my kids. The family wouldn't. Nobody will let go of that place. Jesus plus anything ruins everything. Trust in Christ alone. Bible, faith, grace. Jesus. Be just as God said, take courage. But he says we'll be shipwrecked. That life's going to be a bit of a shipwreck, I think. As the pastor keeps saying, nobody's life turns out the way they wanted it. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, 14, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sails sensed, I wonder if that's the Adriatic Sea. Interesting. Because that's where my ex-wife is now, back in her country. The Adriatic Sea, good old Croatia. Um... They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the ship's sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, You are all going to die unless the soldiers stay aboard. 
so the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Obviously, they were listening to him. He's kind of like Daniel, right? He's the wise man. Hey, he's like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he's religious, though. It doesn't matter. God is with him. You better listen to this dude. They actually listened to him. Hey, he's Jewish. He's a pretty smart guy. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You've been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. He said, please eat something now for your own good. Hey, I had a water fast for three days. I was kind of hungry, but I've heard people do a water fast for five weeks. One guy on the internet did a water fast for 54 days. He lost 30 kilos. Okay, if you're going to do a water fast, I would just say, if you're a person that wants to check, never done this before, or you want to go on YouTube and get some ideas, but if you want to go to your doctor, I think you should go to your doctor first. If you're a little scared, like do a water fast, do it for a day or something. And I did have to drink coffee and, and Alka-Saxa for my stomach. Like I'm not, uh, you know, anything you do like this, because you want to better yourself. But, you know, some people have hidden flaws, hidden problems. You know, you black out or something because you're hypoglycemic, right? But I'm doing intermittent fasting. So I'm now eating only six to seven hours a day. Sometimes I just like today I had like cheesecake and ice cream. And but I just can get in two meals like you can't just keep eating. So you're actually even so six hours. Good. I'm not even hungry. I'm not even hungry. I actually feel pretty good. I can actually feel when I eat food now because I'm becoming more insulin receptor sensitive. Right? Insulin is more sensitive, right? Because your body has receptors to the insulin. So when you don't eat, the receptors build up. They upload, they upregulate. I feel my muscles just kind of bulge a little bit. Like today after church, they had some treats. Yay, I love the treats. All these crazy meetings, you know, you got to give me some treats. I don't care about all this admin stuff, to be honest. I hope people in my church never hear me say this. All this administrative and ministry and this in the budget, not in the budget. I don't care. I couldn't care less. Right. I guess there's something wrong with me. I don't like sports. I don't care about having the latest iPhone. What else? I don't care. I don't care about cars. I don't care who's playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I never wanted to watch other guys have fun, make money and get girls. And I'm sitting in my rear end doing nothing and getting fatter. That's stupid. Right, I'm happy for you if you have more talent than me, which is just about everybody, but I honestly don't care. I don't know why people want to sit around and live their life vicariously through somebody else. Of course, I do care about bodybuilding. I really don't care. Money this, money that. You know what, come to church. Why should I push people? You know what, come to church. You're not doing me a favor, bro. You're doing God a favor. Okay, you don't want to come to church, don't come to church. You, want to, you, want to, you don't want to have your Bible, don't listen to what the pastor says. That's your problem. I don't care that much. I'm here to encourage people, motivate people. I'm here to promote Jesus, my savior. But what you want to do with Jesus, if you you look at Jesus and you go, meh, meh, bruh, okay, no problem. You're an adult. You should be allowed to make your own choices. I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going to baby you. Nobody babied me. So Paul says to these people to eat, right? They haven't eaten for two weeks. It says, um, then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before the mall and broke off a piece and ate it. Sounds almost like a communion. Anyways, then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us were on board, so maybe it's Luke talking. After eating, the crew lighted the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they really got to trust God, right? When you do that, you got to trust God. Sometimes, some things you got to throw overboard in your life. I'm not saying get rid of people or pets or your kids or whatever. You know, keep the people in your life, but get rid of the crap. 
Uh, people talk about screen TVs and this and that and Google service and 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 internet stream. Ah, I don't care less. I don't even have anything except internet. I don't need to f- have all the greatest sports documentaries. You know how many websites are on the internet with free movies? It's ridiculous. It's rid- I don't know how they can have all these websites with all these free movies. Like wouldn't Netflix, Amazon and Hulu and all these people get like angry? I have no idea who these websites belong to. Is this pirating? Is this, what is this? When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by turning the ship around, by running the ship aground, sorry, turning the ship around, running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. So they cut these anchors. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail and headed towards shore. So I guess for you boating people, this all makes total sense. It just seems like they're gonna, they want to deliberately ground the boat. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship struck fast while the sterns were repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape, but the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul. See, I mean, people have said to me, and this is really, this happens, you know, at work, although my coworker takes a chunk out of me. When you're a Christian, and you kind of have discussions with people where they kind of see your personality. They, they know who they talk. They, they'll make fun of you. But when they're in a crisis, they'll look at you with them wandering eyes and say, please pray for me. Or people will say funny stuff around you. Oh, I'm sorry, bro, I didn't mean to swear. Or when my friend said, I'm sorry, he doesn't drink a glass of wine. He thinks you're going to hell. Like, like people start talking funny around you. Right? Like you don't swear, you don't curse, you go to church every Sunday. People sit up and take notice. They may make fun of you. They may mock you. They may look at you out of the corner of their eye. Like, they're, they're judging you. They're evaluating you. Like, why is this guy so different? I don't know about the women, personally. I'm not even interested in women anymore. That kind of went away. I'm not lonely anymore. I don't know what they're saying. But um, I, I, I get the feeling dudes in my gym are definitely evaluating me. Because now they know I go to church on a regular basis. Because the, the conversation seems to be, or, or they're talking about something crazy, and then I walk in, and then it kind of dims down a little bit. Like, why did you guys stop talking when I showed up? Did, were you saying something bad, rude, or evil? Apparently you were, because you didn't want me to hear it. So now everybody thinks I'm this saint now. I didn't even ask for this. But I'm never moving. I, I'm going to die in this little town. I like it. It says, the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape, but the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Don't touch this guy. Don't touch this. Do, 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 do. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held onto planks or debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely, safely to shore. When Jesus comes out of that sky, friends, grace is over. This broken world, we're going to limp towards the kingdom. Because I know, I think there's some people that are going to be alive to see Jesus coming out of that sky. I'd like to be one of them, but I think it's going to get bad here. And I'm sorry, I don't think we have the luxury of being um, plucked off by a rapture. With all due respect to the rapture people, I hope it happens, but I don't believe God's going to sit. We got to just kind of hunker down and buckle down. Time to get it going, friends. So I think we'll be jumping off this broken planet 
into that very day in Revelation 1, verse 7. We, and but we shall over, ever be with the Lord. We shall never be separated from him again. That's when you get the brand new body and the eternal life. The dead in Christ shall rise first. I believe it's that day. And we'll be jumping out of the broken ship, which is this earth. And nobody will miss it, including me. The others held onto planks or debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely to shore. I'll see you on that day if I don't see you before. You take care. You have a nice rest. Tomorrow's Monday morning. God bless you all.